Hi, welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this show, we're talking about financial fitness and great financial decisions when it comes to retirement. So our guest here today, she's going to give us a perspective of all the hard work we've put into, you know, building our accumulation, getting ready for retirement. But then what happens when we need some help? What happens when we need maybe help with our bills? Maybe we have a life event that occurs. Do we have the right people looking out for us? You know, estate planning is uh, one of the biggest topics that I love to talk about because that's part of the financial planning process. Estate planning, whether it's a will or whether it's a living trust with a will, you know, how does it work? In the state of California and many states, especially if you have uh, multiple things or marriages from different, you know, multiple times, um, those are where we have children, we have other people involved, and do we have the right document that can keep us in a, in a place that will allow for us not to go through probate? Well, if we do go through probate, Michelle, who's, who's gonna be our guest here, Michelle Burkhart, she's gonna be able to talk to us about that mediation side. But do we need to leave it to something like that? Don't know, we all have control beforehand not to leave it to that. Uh, most people, when it comes to estate planning, wills, trusts, um, their, their entire program, their whole process, they think, gosh, I have to have so much money to be able to do this. Well, that's not necessarily so. If we, um, if we actually take charge of what we are working so hard to build and we want it to be uh, there to take care of our needs when we get to a place that we'll need them, we need to have the right people in place. So I can't wait for you to hear, hear Michelle Burkhart's story. She's going to be um, you know, an amazing uh, visionary for you to be able to see. And I think also her perspective um, is uh, she's so highly knowledgeable, so highly educated. And you'll get to know that you know, it's better to do these things when you don't have to do them versus when you feel that you have to, you might not have the same wherewithal to get it done. So again, she is a professional estate fiduciary, and that means that she helps administer estate plans. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You don't, you don't want to miss this one. Do you have questions about Social Security? Let us help you maximize your Social Security benefits and minimize your tax obligations by clicking the link below to get your free Social Security analysis today. Welcome back. We have Michelle Burkhart here, and she is a trust administration fiduciary. Boy, that's a big topic, right? Well, think of it like this, and I'm going to have Michelle talk to us a little bit about her story. But think of it like this. Um, she is also a specialist in probate mediation. So when we talk about estates or estate planning or wills or trusts, this is where we would want to have a professional involved in the event that maybe we didn't have the, uh, the right family member be the, be the exec executor or the trustee of the estate once you passed. Or you're in a situation where maybe you don't necessarily want a family member to do this, but you don't necessarily have someone in your, in your wheelhouse to do it. So I can't wait for Michelle to tell us her story. It's an important conversation because I think more and more and more we're going to need some of this professional help in our estate planning needs here going forward in the future. Welcome, Michelle. It's so nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you too. So could you tell us a little bit about um, your, your journey to get here, part of your story that got you to this point because you're so well educated, so well knowledgeable, and you, have, uh, you, you just have a passion to want to help people? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm originally from the East Coast. I was a native of Washington, D.C. 
and uh, my father had lived there most of his life. My mother came in from Illinois, so I have a good background of, of both the city and the, uh, the farming, I like to say. Uh, basically, I, I lived there till about 18, and then I went to school in the Midwest. From there, I went and worked uh, with the Department of Defense in Germany for 10 years. Okay. So that was really a great experience. Uh, coming back to the United States, I came out to California, always wanted to come to California. And I've been really a serial entrepreneur most of my life. Uh, did a little bit of music for a while and then uh, started my own companies. Uh, one was organizing um, people, office organization, that kind of thing, and then built up to joining a uh, a person who bought out her partner, an interior landscape design company, which I ran, so a landscape contractor for about 15 years in the Bay Area. And from that, uh, that company sold to a large corporation in Atlanta, where we were the regional vice presidents of the Western region, along with nine other companies across the states to open up an interior landscape division. So I had a lot of corporate experience. I learned a lot there. Uh, then after that, I left that and uh, came down to San Diego and decided that I really wanted not to have employees anymore. And um, uh, worked for as a, a business advisor. I started a company called Think Business and at the same time was interested in mediation work. So I got my mediation certification from what was the San Diego Mediation Center and now the National Conflict Resolution Center. So worked in all areas of mediation. So all of that background led me to actually two clients at, at the same time. One was an estate planning attorney, she still is in Orange County. And another one was my own financial advisor saying, you know, with your background in money or not necessarily money, but finances and, and helping people, um, you'd be a great uh, professional fiduciary. So I said, well, what is that? And uh, I went to Cal State University Fullerton. They have a certificate program. So it's a year study. And then you have to pass a uh, two uh, tests. In California, you have to pass the National Guardianship Association certification, and you have to also pass the California licensing. It, uh, we're regulated by the um, Department of um, Consumer Affairs. And um, so you have to pass those tests, and then you can become a licensed professional fiduciary. And that's kind of how my road got from point A to point B. <laughs> but service has always been a part of that. I, I think in anything that I've done, it's always to help people uh, be the best that they can be. Well, I mean, I, it, I'm glad that you said all those things because you said them better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you are a serial entrepreneur, but you've actually had a lot of success with it too. Um, yes. You know, with the work that you're doing now and how um, powerful that is, and basically someone planted a seed, you went and got that certification, you did the testing, you, you've done everything to basically be that, that mediator and also that transition for uh, whether it's an individual or a family to kind of work through what their wishes and goals and dreams are. I think we're starting to hear more and more about this because it's becoming more uh, more available knowledge for people, but I think still people are in the dark because only, they say between 96 and 98% of the United States population is even planned for their estate right. plan. So there's a lot of room for improvements. Um, and, and, uh, and I think with you too, what is the peace of mind that you could bring to a family or to an individual that uh, they just didn't know that was an option? Or they just thought, well, gosh, when I die, it doesn't matter. What, what can you yeah. bring them as a peace of mind? 
Well, I think one of the things we discussed was what happens if you don't have an estate plan. Um, and usually what happens is the state gets your assets and your money. So um, having the state plan is important. Luckily, my grandmother, my father, um, my sister, all of them took care of that ahead of time, which I did as well. But I saw the differences of of having an estate plan as opposed to not having it. And peace of mind is definitely it. Uh, I think I also got into this field because a lot of people, especially women, um, don't have anybody. Sometimes they don't have family. Uh, you don't have children. People automatically thought, well, my children will take care of me. Well, mm -hmm. even if you do have children, that's not necessarily true. So fiduciary work is becoming more uh, important um, because it's that personal relationship of someone who gets to know you, finds out what your true wishes are, um, and especially if you're incapacitated, that's something that people don't really think about as well, disability or being incapacitated. You know, who helps me through this myriad of, of paperwork and healthcare, uh, and it's getting very complex. So the, a good fiduciary would have the resources. I don't ha have the answers to everything, but I do have the resources and people that I know and trust that can help me help the client. I'm part of a senior advisory council, and that's mainly because the population we consider from 55 and up, helping them plan for living in, at home, uh, staying in place, aging in place. But we also help the families because it's a tremendous burden sometimes on the families to be the caregiver and really try to handle everything and your own family and your job. So fiduciaries can come in and assist in that way and just help with the peace of mind that there will be somebody there. To help. Well, I think it's so important to talk about that because it's not just about when you die, what happens, it's about when you're alive, maybe living longer because uh, medical technology is keeping us alive longer and, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the dignity and care that we all deserve. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, um, let alone about children taking care of you. That's not necessarily the burden you want to leave behind either. But I think that's been the I think that's been the past plan for many generations. Oh, my kids will take care of me, and you know I took care of them. My kids will take care of me now. But it it is a it, it is not necessarily the way you would want to be taken care of. <laughs> um, and I mean, there used to be jokes and things like this. Oh, they'll just put me in a home or whatnot. Well, it's not so easy anymore. It's not it's not that same thing. Yeah. So so I think even doing this type of estate planning work at least gives you some control. Um, mm -hmm. And most people I've ever met, they want to be in control. You know, we're all in control of our lives in some way, shape or form. Yes. But we don't realize that even while we're alive, but maybe incapacitated, that we can't necessarily care for ourselves. We'd still like to be in control, but with the help of someone like you. Right. Yes. And, and, and also fulfilling your wishes. So the, the living, the living benefit of having someone fulfill, uh, I think, is, is so important to, to talk about because... Uh, I had a conversation with a lady that's out of state. She's actually in North Carolina. And she, she was just thinking, gosh, you know, we, we've talked about this for years. And she's like, well, you know, when, I'm, when I die, what does it matter? Well, it does matter. You've been given a blessing of some kind. And uh, what do you want to do with that? Even if you don't want it to go certain places, where would you want it to go to be useful? So do you ever get in conversations like that, Michelle? Do you get into conversations about planning like that? Or, or what, what the consumer that you're working with, what they're actually asking for? Um, yes, and, and I think that another part of the estate planning is, it, like you said, it is your wishes. Um, my sister, who passed about six years ago, 
she left about 53 of a percent to charities and she was very active in the community. That's where she wanted it to go. And the rest was uh, divided up with her siblings. Um, and uh, my father was also in his estate. He was very much, no matter what he did in any part of his life, if he gave something to one child, he gave it to all four of us. So, you know, that was his concept of, of what he wanted to have done. And um, I think that a lot of people who say, well, it doesn't matter. I think the, my relationship with money per se has been one that you can use your money to do good, or unfortunately it can sometimes take you down the wrong path. Um, but I like to think that no matter what I've developed or, or brought forth in my working, that it would go and do some good. So um, in planning the trust, that's basically how I looked at it. And so there, you're right, it, it's going to go somewhere. So I'd rather it go to not just the state. <laughs> um, well, I, I agree with you, not just having it go to the state would be a really important factor with all that. Um, you know, the challenge that we have today, I think, is that we don't know what we don't know. If it's 96 to 98% of people in the population don't have an estate plan, a will or a trust. And I know in California, we really do suggest, you know, considering a trust because it keeps it out of probate. Uh, you have the mediation background as well. So, so how ugly can it get with mediation? Or are you basically that person that helps make that um, a little bit smoother with families? It can get pretty uh, tense. Uh, I have been in mediations and I do probate mediation because I saw that that was an avenue open. I had been a part of the Superior Court panel, uh, but mediation, I've done mediations on all level. I do remember one mediation where it was a divorce situation and they were in each separate room. They did not want to be in the same room with each other. So the mediator is literally going back and forth from mm -hmm. each room you know, trying to be that go-between. But the main thing about mediation is to get a conversation going. And so people can, I truly believe people can work out their own issues. And if they're allowed to, without this thing of the litigation, I think has changed the concept, whereas mediation is, um, it's not a warm and fuzzy thing. It's really the effort to to talk so that your, your views and your wishes are going to be um, part of that agreement that you come to. And we find that when people are able to come together and talk and make an agreement together, they're most likely going to honor that agreement a lot better than if they're just forced to by say an arbitrator that makes a decision for them or a judge. And so I found mediation, no matter how tense it has, can, can be, um, I found a lot of resolution in my mediations, I able to do it. And in fact, I had one attorney that after the mediation was over, he said, I had no thought that this was going to even get settled. And wow. it, yeah. And if you just let people work it out, they can do it. Well, I, I can I can basically say that I have some experience with that when I went through a divorce many years ago and it was about uh, the mediation. It really, we had to all come together on a on a decision because at the end of the day, we weren't gaining any more from it. It was more, you know, our, our professionals that were gaining more from it. But uh, finally, when we had the conversation through mediation, uh, we were able to say, okay, this is it. We can all move on with our lives. It's exactly after, I think it was almost three years, um, to be able to move on with our lives. And I think that was probably the biggest gift of all. And uh, th thankfully, someone like you was, was a representation of that. Now, um, I know we don't have much more time, but uh, Michelle, in, in, a, in a story here, people 
they have to kind of think that this is something that they're worthy of creating. Um, mm -hmm. And what would you what would you say would be a spark for someone to say, you know, a financial fiduciary or a financial trustee of their estate because they work so hard to build it, they want their dreams, desires, wishes to come true, whether they are alive, which is probably the first and foremost important part. But then that next step, when they are no longer here, what would you tell someone that's actually going through this process right now of thinking who their trustee might be in the event of their passing or even, even a life event um, that they really need someone to be looking out for their best interests? What would you say are the first things for them to think about, what the first steps? Well, I, I think the first thing that they want to think about is the trust to have their wishes carried out. And that's the biggest thing is, is the trust to build with a client that you will carry out their wishes. The trust will say what I'm allowed to do and how I need to carry that out. So that helps in some of the conflict, conflict that might happen down the line. Um, the beneficiaries may not like it, but that is actually carrying out, that is our goal is to carry out the wills and the wishes of the person. Um, so that would be one thing that you have, you know, you want to develop that trust with the person, feel comfortable with the person. Um, the second thing I would say is that depending on the size of the, of the investment, um, you can go to an institution if you're worried about somebody being there for you. Um, the institution sometimes has a minimum that they will handle. And if you were incapacitated, then would they handle it if you fell under that minimum? So there's some issues there. The other thing is in the, in the issue of being incapacitated, you never know when that's going to happen. And that brings in another uh, thought of a fiduciary that has the resources that if they don't have the answer, they know where to find the answer for you. And so it's somebody that not only will carry out your wishes, but if you are incapacitated, has an idea of how you would like to live, um, how you would like to see the end of your life, or if you were just disabled, you know, trying to keep you in the home is one of the biggest things that we do um, and bring in the if you have the resources. So it's almost like someone that can put a puzzle together and make sure all the pieces are working in a project management all at the same time for you. And that mainly takes a lot of trust because it involves your money and people get very, very fearful of turning over that to someone else either sometimes I've seen people who are ashamed they didn't make as much as they wanted to in their life and they thought they didn't have enough to plan for but you've worked like you said you've worked hard all your life and so to have someone help you um, at the end of like putting the money where you want it to go or helping you um, stay uh, alive and healthy if you are incapacitated in the best of, of the way something I'm hearing here is that it's probably better to get to know someone like you um, mm -hmm. in the event that, you know, we're planning for this. So many people think I, I'll just put it off. It's not going to happen to me right now. I've got years before I need to think about this. I mean, how common is that conversation, right? Uh, it kind of goes back to even the fact that, oh gosh, I didn't have enough to even, you know, talk about here. But uh, yeah. there's quite a few people out there that might have their home paid for. Or maybe they don't have a whole lot of money in the bank, but that home might be a million dollars or more. I've had those conversations where, oh, mom's going to be fine. She's got all this and, you know, all the girls are on the house. And um, no, no, it's not necessarily the case. But I think even from from a standpoint of 
women especially, because from their financial knowledge and education, they don't have as many resources. So I'd love to be talking to all you ladies out there as well to make sure that you do have someone that could be in your court that actually right. has um, a relationship with you sooner rather than later, because you can get to know someone based on paper, but you can't really get to know them on paper as much as you can if you have a conversation like this. And, and I think that the, I'm a successor trustee for several people. And although uh, they don't, they're not going anytime soon. Uh, basically, what I like to do is I like to keep in touch with them at least once a quarter. I, it's been harder through this COVID, but to get to know them, to, to meet with them, um, it's not necessarily a billable thing for me, but it's something that helps me get to know them better, what their true wishes are, because there could be a time that they wouldn't be able to tell me what their true wishes are, what their, what their ability is. Um, and like you said, a million dollars, sometimes if you're in an assisted living, that sometimes doesn't go very far really these days and or different avenues, but just mainly, um, getting to know someone, even talking to them as a consulting basis to help them work through what they might wanna do. That's another avenue. There's smaller uh, things that people can do as a fiduciary too that sometimes help people gain trust. Uh, you can do the bill paying. You can help them on a smaller basis uh, to help them with their daily lives and activities. And that way you would get to know how that person works, how they think, um, how they work with you, um, how they might work with your family, if there is any. Um, I had a wonderful quick little mediation I wanted to share with you is uh, our grandparents wanted to set up an education fund for their grandchildren and the mediation everybody was there they had three three children, one of which son didn't have any children at all. Um, the other two did and so there was this contention of well you want to set it up for them but we don't have any kids so what are you gonna do for us, and as it turned out. There were the, th the three grandchildren five grandchildren were there from ages 13 to 17. And they raised their hand and said, can we speak? And they kind of took over the mediation and said, we understand what grandma and granddad want to do. Uh, but we don't want to cause problems. But how about if we do this a subtrust? I understand, you know, they just, they worked out the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. So I am glad I let them speak. I said, sure, you, what, what's your questions? And they just kind of, they even, they even uh, warm one over their uncle who, you know, didn't have any children. And wow. said, you know, yeah, it was it was really a great mediation. So, but they were planning in advance. People were thinking ahead, and that was the main thing. So that you're not in a position where you're ill. You have to think. You have to make immediate decisions because some of these decisions take time to really think about what people don't normally think about at all. Oh, I think that's amazing. And you know, I know we're pretty much out of time now, but. You know, out of the mouths of babes, right? Our, our, our children, our babies actually know a lot more than we think they know. And uh, we need to give them a little bit more credit and a bigger voice about that. Um, yes. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. I, you. I, I hope you'll be, you know, back again. I just think that you have a, a great way of explaining a few, you know, the importance of having someone really represent yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean that a family member might not do a good job, but I always say this statement, there's a professional for everything. And whoever you have your trustee or your executor of your will or executrix, is this the right professional to represent your goals, dreams, and desires while you're alive, while you can't do certain things, and then when you pass and how you want those things to be uh, created. So again, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I know it's precious. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
As a thank you to all of our listeners, I would love to offer you a complimentary consultation with me, Elizabeth Dawson, and just click on the link below and you can schedule that time to meet with me. Take care. See you soon. Well, I'm so glad you stayed tuned for Michelle. I think that uh, her, her background is so impressive. Um, the biggest question that we always get from the audience, which I'm going to read it to you now too, is do you have any advice on how to pick an executor for my estate plan? Um, it's an interesting concept because an executor is usually for a will. A trustee is for a trust. And <clears throat> they pretty much do the same work um, as long as you spell it out for them. What's the best way to do this? Well, talk to you know, someone like Michelle, which we could happily put you in touch with her. Um, talk to maybe your advisor and see if they have any connections. And uh, you know, talk to the attorney that you're working with to set up your you know, estate planning documents because I'm sure they have a list of people that might be uh, a great resource for you to be able to accomplish what that type of person would do. Um, we're, we're all in control of our lives while we're living them. We're working hard for what we're, what we're living in. And this is something where when we get to that place in time that it will help us build a relationship with someone so that they know who we are, what we are, what we stand for, what we want, so that even in the event that we're incapacitated to take care of ourselves and maybe we want to be taken care of at home, that there's a plan in place. Or maybe it's time where, gosh, I don't know if I can do my bills and uh, you know this would help me make sure that everything got paid and nothing got missed. Usually as the elder population matures and matures more, they have a more difficult time taking care of the daily responsibilities and they might need to lean on a family member. So if a family member is really not in your you know, home life that you really would trust to do those things, having a professional fiduciary in the estate planning world might be actually the person that you're looking for. Who knows? It's what's right for you. But I think that getting your education now sooner than later is better than not thinking about it at all. One of those things not to procrastinate on. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Michelle today. And if you have any questions, reach out to questions with an S at Elizabeth with an S, Dawson.com. We'd love to get your feedback. Take care. Talk soon. Information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.